Welcome to Furry Explained. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. So we've been doing this show for almost a year and a half now, which is kind of crazy to think about now that I said it out loud. And one of the things I was personally concerned about when I first started was actually running out of things to talk about in regards to the furry fandom. Now, while that is still a slight concern, we're definitely still good on episode ideas for a good while now. But since all of the basics have been covered already, I have to dig a little deeper and deeper into the depths of the furry fandom to extract things out of and talk about. However, with that being said, one source of ideas that I really should be giving more attention to comes from you, the audience. A lot of you actually take me up on the offer that I extend to everyone at the end of the show to talk to me about stuff in the fandom. And while all of the questions I get asked are great, some are easier to answer than others and don't require that in-depth of an explanation. But there are some that you ask that do warrant an in-depth look, and that includes the topic for this episode. I know we haven't talked about them in a while, but the topic of fursuits does come up fairly often when talking with others about the fandom, and a question that I got asked that really got me thinking was about their overall cost, and specifically, why do fursuits cost so much? So that's what we're going to explain today. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the cost of fursuits and why many of them do cost a lot of money. We'll take a look at the cost of the physical and non-physical pieces that go into the construction of a fursuit and explore some ways that anyone in the fandom can partake in the fursuiting experience while keeping their costs as low as possible. And to whoever asked me this question, I don't remember off the top of my head, thank you for the episode idea this week. It's a real good one. Welcome to Furry Explained, and we'll get started right here. We have mentioned this idea once or twice in the past, but if you take a step back and look at it, being a furry can get really expensive. There's basically an unlimited amount of things that you can buy for yourself in the fandom, and while it's no way required, a lot of furs have the desire to get a variety of different art pieces for their fursona, or use the opportunity of furry conventions to travel to different places around the country and the world. And while the cost of art and travel has a pretty wide range depending on the circumstances, in many cases, one thing that is attributed to the furry fandom that probably has the highest upfront cost is a fursuit. Now, for the most part, if you ask many furs in the fandom, there wouldn't be too many arguments to be had against the statement that fursuits are pretty expensive. But when looking into the reasons why, even that idea starts to get a little tricky. And it all has to do with the word expensive, because by definition, it's a term based on relevance to the individual. Everyone has a different price for things when it comes to something being expensive, and even then it changes based on what the thing is and what value we think we can extract out of the thing in exchange for the money we pay for it. 
For example, personally, I think shoes that are more than $200 are rather expensive. Even though they are rather essential and would be used pretty much every day, I really don't care about shoes looking good or even being a brand name. And as long as they are of sufficient quality, I have no problem wearing $40 shoes into the ground until I need a new pair. However, something that I will pay a lot of money for is a phone. The phone that I used cost over $1,000 when it first came out, and while I could have easily gotten a phone for much less money, I regard my phone very highly as the most important computer that I own, and is something that I want to last for a decent amount of time. That four-digit cost doesn't bother me as much because I don't find it that expensive for the value that I get out of it. But for a lot of other people, that's pretty expensive for something like a cell phone. However, even with that stipulation out of the way, I think it's safe to say that most furs still find fursuits rather expensive in general. Primary because you don't need one to enjoy the fandom and their upfront costs tend to be a fair amount more than shoes or even a premium smartphone in most cases. So let's take a look at some of the things that actually go into making fursuits costs what they do. I'm sure most of you saw this coming, but there really isn't one single thing that makes fursuits cost what they do. There are several tangible and intangible factors that all add up to the final cost of a suit. Let's start with the tangible aspects that go into fursuit construction. You may have heard of this referred to as the bill of materials when it comes to physical things needed to make another physical thing, but in short, they are the baseline materials needed to essentially create someone a fursuit. And probably the least surprising material needed to make a fursuit is right there in the name. It's the fur. The faux fur that is needed to create a suit is easily one of, if not the most expensive individual material needed to construct a suit. This is mainly due to its overall use in the suit, as it needs to cover basically the entirety of the outside of the costume in most cases. And while there are a variety of different types of fur that can be used for a suit, the most common type and the one held with the most regard is called luxury shag. If you have ever touched or held a part of a fursuit, especially something like a tail, that fake fur that you were holding was most likely luxury shag. Luxury shag is used mainly due to its overall durability. When cared for, it can last a really long time, can keep its shape even after multiple uses, and most notably, it can be washed multiple times without being destroyed. Because of this premium nature, you typically can't buy luxury shag at consumer stores. It has to be ordered from specialty fabric stores or companies that exclusively work on high-quality fake fur. And because of its premium construction, it commands a premium price, and the fur alone for many suits can cost well into the triple digits, and usually tops the bill of materials when sorting from high to low cost. But the fur isn't the only thing that goes into making a suit. There are a lot of other things that are needed to bring someone's anthro-animal character to life. That includes things like the foam and padding needed to give the suit shape especially when it comes to the foam needed to shape the head, which is usually regarded as the most expensive body part of a suit. And along with other pieces needed for construction, other materials are needed to put those pieces together. 
These are things like threading that is sewn into the suit that is durable enough to keep things together while someone performs in it, as well as other substances required for things like keeping fur from falling off of the body. And even if you have all of the materials gathered, these sewing machines, foam molders, and all other things needed to actually construct the suit go into the cost as well. These things may be used for multiple suits overall, but such high-stress usage may cause them to need maintenance or replacement pretty often, all of which goes into the bottom line of an individual fursuit. These seemingly magical physical manifestations of the fursonas furries have in the fandom are indeed a miracle in their existence. But miracles aren't free, and there is a lot of physical stuff that is needed to actually put a suit together. And again, these tangible items are only half of the equation. There are already a lot of things that are needed to make a fursuit, but everything that we have gone over so far has been physically tangible stuff, stuff that you and I can see and feel in physical space. But those are not the only things that go into the cost of a fursuit. A lot of it includes intangible things that are not as easily physically identifiable. There are a few things that fit into this category, but the one that probably adds the most to the cost is strictly labor. Fursuits don't make themselves, and honestly, I hope they never do. Part of what makes them so special is that they are all handmade, immediately separating themselves from other mass-produced costumes. But that does come at a cost. Not only are fursuits handmade, but pretty much every one of them is intrinsically unique and is a special request that the maker has most likely never seen before. And this cost not only includes the actual work that goes into creating the suit, but there also is a cost to the actual expertise of knowing how to make a suit in the first place. Many makers spend months or even years learning the intricate craft of costume making and their time going through that learning process is compensated with their skills of putting something together that, at the end of the day, will make their customers happy. And while labor is a big part of the intangible additions to the cost of a suit, again, there are a myriad of other, smaller things that all factor into the cost of a suit at the end of the day. Another logistical hurdle that fursuit makers have to consider is actually getting the completed suit to their eagerly awaiting customer. In most cases, the maker won't hand deliver a suit to you, though when the stars align it can happen, especially at places like conventions. But there is a cost to carefully packaging a fursuit up and shipping it to its final destination, something that, especially in a country as vast as the United States, can be a costly undertaking. And then there's all the costs that goes into running the business of making fursuits. Now, not everyone who makes suits does it as their full-time job, but there are some, especially the more well-known suit makers, that do make creating fursuits their livelihood. But no matter what the size of the business is, it's still a business, and there are many expenses that go into running one. These include things like taxes, charging based on the general cost of living in an area, and for bigger makers, this can also include the rent of a place to work and the cost of paying employees and insurance. All of this has to be factored into the product that they make, which in turn means it's added to the final cost of the fursuit. 
And to avoid this turning into a full-on economics lesson, we won't even dive all that deep into the idea of supply and demand, which is why more well-known fursuit makers can charge more for their suits to meet their demand and things like that. And I'm sure there are even more, even smaller things that are both tangible and intangible that all add up to the cost of a suit. But there's no question why suits cost what they do. There are a lot of materials needed to make them, and a lot of things needed to put those materials together to produce those fuzzy animal costumes that the furry fandom has become famous for. Now, in theory, we could have ended the episode right there. For all intents and purposes, those tangible and intangible reasons are why fursuits cost what they do. But I do recognize that cracking open the true costs of fursuits may be rather discouraging, and there may be people out there that may shut down any dream of getting a suit if they want one. And while I can't personally drive down the price of a fursuit for you, in the words of Kanye West, no one man should have all that power, there are some ways that you can get aspects of the fursuiting experience for a lot less than the entire suit itself. Now, even before we get into that, it is important to note that it really isn't a good idea to cheap out on a suit. In a vast majority of cases, when it comes to fursuits, you really do get what you pay for, and trying to save money by getting a shoddily made suit will do more harm than good, and depending on repairs and replacements and things like that, it might actually cost more in the long run. But there are a couple of different ways to get that fursuiting experience for less. First of which is to look into a used suit. A used or pre-made suit usually can be found secondhand for a lot less than a suit that is brand new. It may not be as custom or be a true reflection of a fursona that you personally created, but many furs in the fandom will get pre-mades or previously owned suits solely for partaking in the fursuiting experience and can be a decent stopgap until one can get the opportunity to get a full custom one for themselves. Now, if you do still desire a full custom suit, it could be worth shopping around and looking at some less well-known fursuit makers. The furry fandom is no exception to the way that brand names can captivate a market. There could be several reasons for this, but some makers are more highly regarded than others and thus can command a higher price. But that leaves the other end of the scale open for more up-and-coming fursuit makers to make a name for themselves, with suits that may be just as well-made, but cost a whole lot less. And at the end of the day, a fursuit is a fursuit. If it's well-made, it accomplishes the same goal no matter who makes it. Now another option that can keep the overall price of a fursuit down is learning to make one for yourself. Now, this may sound intimidating, but there are so many tutorials and guides out there online that you can follow to construct a suit for yourself. You might end up paying in other ways when making your own suit, primarily in the time and trial and error that goes into learning a new skill. But just in general, there are little things that are more rewarding than using something that you made yourself. And that, along with other opportunities like eventually building suits for others, could be worth even more than the initial cost savings. 
And finally, the advice that I personally give to those who want to suit but may not have the upfront funds for it is to work your way up to a full suit by getting individual pieces first. There are a couple of ways you can do this. You could start by getting a partial suit, which includes the paws, head, and tail without the bodysuit, or even get a mini partial. Many furries just have a head of their Sona that they use to costume in. In fact, this is so common that just having a fursuit head is still regarded as fully fursuiting. You can then fill in the other parts from there. You can replace a bodysuit with something like a custom Kigu, which is a very common combination that costs a lot less. You can even start this process with something as simple as a pre-made tail that you pick up at a place like a convention. That can act as your base of your costume that you continually add parts and pieces to until you have something that you're happy to wear. It's a process that does require a lot of patience, but the cost savings overall can be well worth it in the long run. It's a fair statement to say that cost is relative, but most furs would consider fursuits to be an expensive accessory to an already expensive fandom. In many ways, it's kind of a shame that these custom costumes are so inaccessible to so many members of the fandom, but it almost has to be this way based on the market forces we live in and what it takes to make one in the first place. There are a whole lot of actual materials that go into making a suit, and a number of intangible aspects of suit creation as well that are equally as valuable. That demands a pretty high price, but it doesn't have to be the only way that anyone can get involved with the fursuit experience. It may take a little research, creativity, and especially patience, but there are ways for anyone to get 90% of the experience for less than 50% of the cost. And no matter who you ask or what their definition of expensive is, that is undoubtedly a pretty good deal. Alright, that concludes this episode of Furry Explain. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. As always, if you want to continue the conversation about the costs of fursuits or have any other feedback or suggestions for topics for the show, you can find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Finn the Panther, and a link to my Twitter is down in the show notes, along with some other resources about how much fursuits cost that you should definitely check out. As always, if you like the show and want to support it, the best way to do that is to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also just tell people about the show, and if they don't know where to start looking, you can point them to pod.link slash furryexplained to find the show on their platform of choice. Thank you so much for doing so, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Furry Explained, but until then, stay wild out there. Peace. Peace.